Don't mess around with news radio to get your info. If you're a parent with an athlete playing competitive sports, then the journey of competitive athletes with Coach KG is the podcast for you. Learn how top professional and amateur athletes from around the country battle adversity, prepare for competition, and maintain focus in today's high-pressure sports environment. And now, it's your host, Coach KG. Hello and welcome. Welcome to the journey of competitive athletes. I am your host, Coach KG, and I want to welcome you and thank you for joining us here on another podcast. I believe this is podcast number four. I am so grateful and thankful for all the feedback, all the positive responses that we're getting on the podcast. I'm hearing stories where athletes' lives are being affected and touched just by some of the few podcasts that we've done to this point. Uh, We've heard from parents that are sharing that uh, the insight has been very helpful in them dealing with certain situations, both with themselves and with their athletes. And so I'm very grateful and thankful and uh, really excited about here our number four podcast. This gives us enough podcast to where we can now submit to have them carried on iTunes. So stay on the lookout because soon we'll be on an iTunes app near you. So thank you. And we ask that you continue to enjoy listening and sharing the journey of competitive athletes. Uh, We're going to continue to do our best to make sure that we're putting together good content that's being helpful in the development and shaping the lives of young athletes and assisting parents. So again, thank you. I want to open up the show with a question. And this is a question that I really want you to think about. You know, and it's, you know, how many of you have ever had something happen to you where it was so tough, where it was so hard to where it challenged your will to want to continue or to even fight through it. You know, think about what that is for you athletes. Maybe it's a uh, uh, not making a particular team. Maybe it's getting cut from a team. Maybe it's a bad play. Uh, You know, maybe it's an injury. Maybe it's something that caused the team to lose. Just something that was just so hard, so devastating that it challenged you to even want to work through it. You know, parents out there, you know, if it was a a job that you lost, if it was a relationship, it was, you know, some major incident that it was so hard on you that it just challenged your will to want to just continue and pick up the pieces. Now, I want you to think about that and tell me, what do you do when it happens again after you've gone through it the first time? I mean, imagine having the devastating thing happen working up the courage to pick up the pieces and begin moving past it. And as you're moving down the road, all of a sudden it happens again or something similarly devastating happens again. What do you do? How do you now develop or get the desire to want to fight through the current again after it was so hard to do it the first time? Well, our guest on today's show is going to share her journey through adversity and how she turned negative incidents into an amazing career in softball. You know, my hope is that her story will help you as a player, as a young person, and even as an adult in dealing with the things that you deal with. I think her story is amazing and inspiring, and I'm grateful to have her a part of the show today. So right about now, I'm going to ask that you sit back, relax, and ride with me as we take a trip on the journey of competitive athletes. This is 
announcement is brought to you by Pro Sports Institute. Helping athletes return to play through an integrated and collaborative approach. And now, back to Coach KG. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to the Journey of Competitive Athletes. I am your host, Coach KG. Hey, we've got a special guest with us on the podcast. She's a well-decorated guest. She's a three-time All-American, two-time Academic All-American, Pac-12 Player of the Year, Pac-12 Scholar Athlete of the Year, fourth in home runs and fifth in RBIs in Arizona State history, gold medal winner with Team USA, 11th overall pick in the 2015 National Professional Fast Pitch Draft to the USSSA Pride. Let's give it up for Arizona State's finest, Amber Freeman. Hello, Amber. Welcome to the Journey of Competitive Athletes. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? Hey, I'm doing real well today. Thank you so much for joining us. So what's good with you? What are you up to on this nice Friday? Oh, just hanging out. Um, I'm a teacher, so I'm on spring break right now. So I'm just relaxing until I have to go back and deal with the kids next week. Right on. Right on. What subject are you teaching? I teach fifth grade, so I teach all subjects. Okay. Okay. Fifth grade, though. How do you like it doing fifth grade, and why not high school? Um, I was actually thinking about that. Um, I like the little ones for some reason. The high school kids kind of intimidate me a little bit, but um, <laughs> <laughs> they're just sweet. And fifth grade's like a perfect age. They're not quite teenagers, but almost. So I can still talk to them like they're adults. Um, it's just a lot of fun. But I've actually been thinking about going back and getting my PhD to become a college professor. So I may have to start dealing with those older ones. too. <laughs> I'm sure you'll be very prepared. So I guess um, <laughs> what have you been up to since retiring from softball? Oh, it's been weird, to say the least. Um, I went back to ASU to get my master's degree in elementary ed. Um, I just got hired in January with my first real adult job in fifth grade. Um, I still am, you know, kind of close to the game. I give lessons every, like, a couple times a week just to get my softball fixed because I still miss it. So, of course. I mean, just a lot of work in school, nothing too exciting. So what are you, um, lessons do you give? Softball lessons. I do catching, hitting lessons, team practices, little mini clinics here and there. So that's about it. Okay. Well, shoot, if someone wanted to do lessons with you, how would they find you? Um, I put my ads on this website, this big softball website, 43 feet. Um, that they usually see my ad there or if they follow me on social media because social media is so big yeah. they would um, just email me and we'd set it up that way well I'm trying to plug you right now since you got all these accolades <laughs> so much to give away I'm trying to give you a spot to <laughs> give you a plug <laughs> it. you got it hey so how would you describe your journey in softball I know you've had a phenomenal career based on all the accolades but how would you uh, describe your journey as a softball player a roller coaster. Um, <laughs> what type of roller, roller coaster? coaster. Uh, up and down, turning you around, upside down, everything. Everything that could have been thrown at me was. Um, so it was not an easy one um, for me, especially. Um, lots of injuries, missed a lot of time on the field, but you know, I was just very determined and I never gave up. And thankful, I was thankful for my family who didn't allow me to. Um, but it was definitely... A journey. Well, what aspects of the roller coaster ride sticks out to you the most that you'd like to share? Because it sounds like you've been through some challenging adversity. 
Yes, lots of challenges, lots of setbacks. Um, I think just my will and motivation to not give up and not give in was so great for some whatever reason. It it just I would not allow myself to um, be beat, beaten. So, um, you know, I mean, when I was eleven, I I was told I would never be an athlete. <laughs> so. Um, that is something that kind of that's like my little chip on my shoulder that I carried with me all the time. Wait, did someone just so, decide you know, to tell you that you weren't going to be an athlete at age 11 or was there something that led to that? I had a, a hip injury. Um, so I'm not exactly about the sure about the medical term, but over time my femur slipped out of my hip socket. So um, over time it just came out and it was completely dislocated. And so I had the wow. surgery at 11. That was my first injury at 11 years old. Wait, you had um, a surgery at 11? Yes, surgery. First major surgery at 11. Um, the doctor put my hip back in and put a three-inch titanium screw in my hip. That is still there today. I'm 23, and it's still there, and it'll be there forever. Um, but as, after the surgery, you know, he knew I was a softball player, and he sat my parents and I down and told me that I would never be an athlete. There was no way. So, well, how'd that feel? That was, <laughs> I was heartbroken. <laughs> I just started crying. I, you know, I didn't even know how to feel at that time. So it was hard, I, especially that young, having your dreams crushed. Um, I would imagine. Difficult. Well, had you mm -hmm. been playing softball for a while before age 11? I guess when did um, you start? I started at five. Five. You so started at playing, five? You know, yes. Five years old. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> so you were yeah. a six-year veteran by the time you had your first surgery. I guess that's about right. Yeah. I mean, some kids start later, but the more athletes that you meet, the norm is to start around four or five. Wow. And so now you're 11 with your first surgery and someone telling you that your whole future is being dashed. So how did you and your family exactly. respond to that? Um, I remember, God, it was so long ago. I'm trying to think back to that moment. Um, my parents are just very supportive. They've always been really supportive of me. So I remember them trying to like not let me get my spirits too down because I mean, I just had a major surgery um, at a, a very young age. So I just remember kind of just saying, excuse my language, but F you to that doctor and just rehabbing and doing everything that I could to get back on the field because I wasn't gonna let somebody tell me that I couldn't do anything. And that's kind of been my mantra as a, as I went through softball, like I was, ne I never let anybody tell me I couldn't do something. Wow. I mean, at age 11 to kind of have that mindset, is there something maybe in your upbringing or was it just something that you were born with that kind of drive or determination? Is there something that kind of developed that? Because that's a very mature outlook for an 11 year old. Oh yeah. Just my family, just the support that I had, my parents, um, you know, they just always told me, like, Amber, you can do anything with your life. Like, you shoot for the moon, and if you miss, you land among the stars. Like, we are here mm -hmm. for you. Whatever you want to do, we support you. And I think that's what gave me comfort is having my mom and my dad there for me. So take us through what the next few years look like. Um, obviously, coming, uh, starting out with a major injury and then continuing. I mean, you've played, it, I believe, for a little over 18 years. And so you've obviously had yes. a phenomenal career, but there, there had to be steps. What, what, what did the next few years look like trying to get on track and continue pursuing your dream? Um, well, after that surgery, I missed a whole year of softball. 
So I was out for an entire year. Um, I came back when I was 12 and then um, just joined the same travel ball team I was on. Um, I played for my dad up until age 13. And then I moved to a travel ball team called Cal Light. Um, played for Cal Light for a year. And then when I was 14, I moved to the Orange County Batbusters, which is a team that is still around and still awesome. Okay. Um, shout out to so OC Batbusters. Bat- yeah, shout out OC Batbusters. <laughs> shout out Mike Stiff, Jerry Henning. Mike Stiff. Um, <laughs> yes. And then um, when I was 15, um, first day of travel ball, I mean, high school practice at Modern Day High School in Santa um, First day of practice, team was just coming together, all excited. Um, I tear my ACL. First day of practice. Wait, um, you, wait, you you tore your ACL? Blew out my ACL and my medial meniscus the first day of my sophomore year high school practice. Yes. What were you doing? Um, I will never forget this day. So it was a little rainy. Um, the dirt was really sticky. I had just gotten some new metal cleats. Um, we were doing base running drills. And I was coming home, but for some reason, my teammate was not moving out of the way. So I just kept running. I'm like, okay, why isn't she moving? Then I did a slight move to the, my right to try to avoid her. It wasn't a big, crazy move. It wasn't anything drastic. A slight, you know, just a step to the side. And I felt like my the bottom of my leg went one way and the top of my leg went the other way. <sighs> and so I just held a, heard a pop and I just fell down. Um... At that time, I think it was partially torn because after that, my dad took me to um, campus and we saw my trainer. And she said that, you know, she's like, I think you tweaked it a little bit, but um, I don't think it's too bad. Like, just ice, relax. I'm like, okay. So then we played a couple weeks later, and I remember I um, we were warming up. I had a big brace on. You know, my dad put the icy hot, all this stuff to try and get me through. So I'm just warming up, about to throw down second base, begin the start of the first inning. Uh-huh. So I throw down, and I completely fall down. At that point, I knew it was completely gone. Oh, Amber. Yeah, it was awful. <laughs> like, I remember this day. Like, I'll never forget this day. And um, I remember my dad had to carry me off the field. What was... And, yeah, it was... What was the first thought that went through your mind? I mean, so wait, you had major surgery at age 11. Now uh-huh. you're about to enter a second major surgery in an ACL. I mean, in the moment you realize what it was and what needed to be done, what was your thought process and just kind of what were you going through? Uh, it still makes me emotional thinking about it. And it was so long ago. Um, I remember just looking at my mom and asking her, I was like, why me, mom? Hmm. Why is this happening to me? And, um, Sorry, I don't know. No, it's okay. No, thinking about it, keep it real. It's okay. I just remember just asking her over and over again, like, "What did I do Hmm. to deserve this? Why is this happening to me again?" And she just looked at me and she hugged me and she said, "You know, Amber, things happen for a reason, and you're strong and you're going to get through through this. So don't think that way." And for I was like after that. I remember being like in a really dark place for a while, like just very just upset. Like, why am I going through this again? Like, I don't understand. I worked so hard. I don't, why do I have to miss softball again? At that point I had already committed to Arizona State and I'm like, 
oh my gosh, is my are they going to take my scholarship oh. away? Like, what is going to happen with my future? Am I ever going to play again? Those are all the things running through my head. So it was a tough time. That injury, I think, that was my worst, the worst one that I've had so far, and I've had five surgeries. Wow. So that one was the turning point for me as a as a player and a person. So, so let's talk about that for a second, because now you're dealing with a second major injury. You've gone through the hip surgery and probably the rehab and getting yourself back to playing at a competitive level. So now it's part two to go through that. And again, we know how this thing ended. You finished with a, 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 an, an amazing career, but at that point in time, what decision did you have to make either by yourself or with your family to give you the energy to power through this setback? Um, I remember my dad, my mom and I, my mom, my dad and I all sat down and I think that at that point they were just so tired of seeing me hurting and they like sat me down. They're like, you know what, Amber, like we understand if you are done, we don't care. We love you. If, you know, if, if you just want to stop playing softball, you're still going to go to college. You're still going to do all these great things. Like we're okay with it. And I remember I sat there and I thought about it and I was like, what are you guys talking about? They're like, you know, you know, we're just, we don't want to see you hurting anymore. This is, you know, is it even worth it anymore at this point? I'm like, yes, Jack. Oh, sorry. My bad. That's okay. You still um, yep. And then I was, I was like, you know what, dad, I'm going to do this. Nothing's going to stop me. I'm going to push myself and work harder than I ever have before. And I'm going to come back better. And I, I truly believe those words when I said them. And I had never worked so hard in my life. I'm not kidding. I had never pushed myself as hard as I pushed myself from rehab to losing weight to coming back stronger. It, when I came back, I was in the best shape of my life and probably at my peak in, like in high school. Like That was as good as I had ever been in my life. Wow. So I just turned that injury into a positive somehow because it's hard to do oh, but absolutely. um that especially that surgery it, it's tough it is well, and yeah. somehow i was able to flip it around and turn it around and and just use that as my motivation now let me ask a question because now i get surgery i had an acl tear uh when i was 25 i believe and i know the amount of work i had to do to get back to uh, you know, being a, I guess you could still say a competitive athlete in some respects. Um, and so I know what that journey looks like and I know what it took me as an adult. Um, at 14, having to face this now and knowing that you've been through an injury, it, there has mm-hmm. to be something or there had to be something that made the game so special to you that you were willing to lay it out there one more time. And again, with no guarantees that you'd never be injured again. But it, it right. So what what made the game so special to you that you said I'm not going to stop my journey now? At a young age, I had grown up watching the greats like Natasha Watley and Taraya Mims, who's now Taraya Flowers, and Kat Osterman, and people like that. And my dream was to be an All American, no matter what it took. Hmm. Like that was my lifelong dream. Like being an All American was in my heart I wanted that so badly and I think like for me approaching the injury like my will to be great was like 
of no one else's. I truly believe that. My will to be great was what got me out of bed every day. My will to be great was what got me to rehab and to push myself even when it hurt so bad. It's just, the I just wanted greatness. Truly. I think there's a hashtag out there, hashtag will to be great. You heard it here first, Amber <laughs> Freeman. <laughs> I love it. Will to be great. Um, so so then having gone through the surgery and now being at your peak level, um, what year in school were you when you were able to get back to playing? I missed a whole year. It took me another year. So I came back my junior year. So tell me about that year. Coming back is rough. Um, I remember, you know, the doctor cleared me. I'm good to go. I got my big brace on, you know, but mentally, I was afraid. Huh. I'm not going to lie to you. You know, I was afraid to slide. I was afraid to touch the base long. I was afraid to turn on my pivot too hard when I swung. Like, just that fear of doing it again, of rehurting myself was huge. And it took me a little bit to get back to myself. Right. And, um... And I remember my dad was like, Amber, if you keep playing this way, you're gonna, you are going to hurt yourself. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, if you keep compensating for this knee, you're going to hurt your, your other knee. Something else is gonna happen. You have to just let yourself play. You can't think about it anymore. And I think it took me about two to three months after being back to really just play and wow. not let think about it too much yet. Was there a specific moment that you can recall where you said, okay, I'm ready and you had the confidence and it never, you never looked back in the rearview mirror. Was there a moment that occurred where you said, I'm done with this, I'm over it and it's time to go? Not a specific moment. I just think over time, just being back on the field, like that was my happy place. And I think just, you know, getting back out there with my teammates and, you know, just getting back in my routine, just kind of let me just forget all about it. I mean, there's no like aha moment that I can think of. It's just getting my comfort back and my confidence back. Awesome. Awesome. Hey, we're on the journey of competitive athletes. This is your host, Coach KG. Coming up next, we have more with Amber Freeman, ASU's finest. Hey, we're back. You're listening to the journey of competitive athletes. This is Coach KG, and we've got Amber Freeman, Arizona State's finest with us. Hey, so in this segment... I want to start it off with this question, um, Amber. What is your view on the amount of injuries we're seeing in travel softball today? Uh, I think it's nuts, honestly. Um, I think these kids, having gone through it and having played travel ball forever, I think the kids are doing too much, if I'm being quite honest with you. When I think back to being a travel ball athlete and having six-hour practices and playing you know, maybe 10 games a weekend. I just think when these, as these kids get older, they're going to feel, their bodies are going to feel it. And I just don't think it's necessary to play hundreds and hundreds of games every travel ball season because when you're in college, the max number of games you play is 60 a season. Maybe a few more if you go extremely far in the World Series. So for these kids to be playing hundreds and hundreds of games, I think it's, it's doing too much for their bodies and it's going to hurt them in the long run. Well, how would you say, you know, it's affecting, because that's a very good point. 
Um, you know, and I've had conversations about this with, you know, coaches uh, at the club level and just with parents in general and just looking at just, you know, if we say not just softball, but all travel sports, um, you know, there's just this amount of demand on these young athletes. Um, how would mm-hmm. you say from your perspective, um, if you can, how is it affecting girls and their college experience? So once they're done with travel ball and now they're going to college, mm-hmm. how would you say that it's affecting the college experience? I think a lot of athletes go to college burnt out. Um, if I'm being honest with you, I think these kids are, I mean, it's, I'm all about pushing yourself and working hard, but I think it comes to a certain point where it's too much. And I think, I mean, I've seen it with some of my teammates, they come into college and they're burnt out and they're tired already. And as a, as a 17, 18 year old kid, you shouldn't feel that way going into college. So I just think it's, crazy I think I I have a little sister she's 16 she plays basketball Mm -hmm. when I see when I compare the sport it's so much different basketball they maybe have a few games a weekend you know their practices couple hours compared to softball like your coach will have you out there on a Sunday from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. that would never happen in basketball (laughs) you know from seeing my sister and what she does and what she goes through on her travel ball team then she plays at a high level so just looking at that, I'm like, wow, like that's insane how different it is. And I mean, I know all sports are tough on the body, but I think softball, we're putting extra stress on our kids as they get older. And I, I, that's why I think a lot of them are burnt out before they go to college and they just stop playing altogether. Yeah, no, we're starting to see that. And, you know, there's statistics out there that are showing that just the injury rate is increasing, especially uh, the number of more serious injuries. Um, you know, you're starting to have that occur, you know, in the early teenage years, you know, similar to what you've experienced, but you're seeing it right. as a more more of a norm in the sport. Um, and and mm-hmm. you, you speak to the word burnout. And it brings me back to, you know, you've played 18 years and it sounds like you were a hard worker, very determined that you were willing to do whatever it took. How were you able to commit yourself to so much and avoid burning out? There, I'm, I'm human. There are times where I was like, is this what I want to do? <laughs> I'm, I'm tired. I'm tired. I don't want to I don't want to practice for seven hours today. I don't want to catch three games in a day. So I've had those thoughts too. I haven't been that that player that's like, oh, I love softball. This is awesome. I love sliding and cutting my leg open all the time. No, that's not how I was. (laughs) Wait, I want to. I want to pause. Parents and kids, please pay attention. Here is a very well decorated softball player who says there were moments she didn't want to. She was afraid, and it's okay to have those feelings. How did you get over those moments when you felt that way, Amber? You know, a lot of people don't know this, but I'm going to share this with you guys. I almost quit softball my freshman year of college. Wow. And a lot of people don't know this. My dad knows, my mom knows, a few of my friends know, but I was almost done. What happened? I just, you know, coming into the Pac-12, that's a legit conference. Yeah. And that when I came in as an 18-year-old, there were some amazing players in the pac and I was having I was having a hard time with handling the failure. Because um, my senior, I was I'm not going to lie, I was one of the best players in California. So I was used to just being successful, and you know, softball's a game of failure. But I was fail here and there, but I could handle it. 
But when I got to college, the failure was every day. Even at practice sometimes, I felt like I was failing. And it just got, the pressure and the failure just got to me. And I remember after my freshman year, I didn't have as great of a year as I wanted to. I thought, you know, I was going to do way more. And I told my dad, I'm like, I think I might be done. Honestly, I think I'm done. So, people go through it. Well, what did your dad say to you? Because obviously we know how the story ends. You didn't quit. Yeah, um, I remember I remember exactly where I was. It was actually my mom, now that I think about it. It was that we had just played at Oregon. They had like a three-time All-American pitcher, um, Jess Moore. She plays for the USA team still. Um, I remember I had struck out. I think she struck me out five out of six times. Wow. And I remember just going up to my mom after the game and just bawling. Like, I just could not take it anymore. Because I, I wasn't used to that. And I remember she was just hugging me and I just told her that, Mom, I think I'm done. I think this is it. I, I can't handle this. Am I good enough? I don't even know if I belong here. Hmm. Self-doubt. And um, yes, I was doubting myself big time. I was very mental. I was very in my head my freshman year. And she just, let me talk. She didn't interrupt me. She didn't, you know, jump in and jump down my throat. I'm like, what are you talking about? Don't talk like that. She just let me get it out. And, you know, I talked to her and she, and after the talk, I decided not to quit, but it was just her support. <laughs> I think it I was had a moment where I was like, yes, I had a moment where I'm like, I do not belong here. I, I should not be here. Do I deserve to be here? Because the way I'm performing, it does not seem that way. Wow. So let me frame this again for you, parents. When your children are ranting because they're having a moment, the sound advice from Amber's mom would probably be just listen and be a parent. Would you say that your mom was a parent in that moment? Oh, absolutely. She was not judging me or being critical of my performance. She, I think she just knew how stressed out I was and how... how upset I was and I think as a mom she just took a step back and just felt for me for a second and just realized like this is more than just softball this is Amber's well-being this is her mental health it's not it's more than just a game that's amazing that's amazing um that she had the intuition to just be a mom Mm -hmm. in the moment and shower you with love and receive you where you're at and it sounds like she did a phenomenal job because we know that you did not quit and you went on to continue <laughs> to play. You had a phenomenal sophomore year because if I'm not mistaken, yes. weren't you an All-American that year? Yes, my sophomore year, I came back and I was a first team All-American and I was Pac-12 player of the year, my sophomore year, just the next year. How about that? So mission accomplished. The whole dream was to be an All-American and you accomplished it your sophomore year in college after you wanted to quit. Yes. <laughs> well, How crazy does that sound? <laughs> well, it doesn't sound crazy. It's just a beautiful story about the human will, the spirit to continue, the right support, the right person. Um, you know, and, and if you probably look back, you can say that all the things that happened early on in your career prepared you to be able to continue to battle against opposition. It wasn't a physical battle that you had to go through. You now had to beat yourself mentally or overcome the mental challenge of knowing that you are good enough, knowing that you could play at this level. And given the space to have the moment of doubt, 
but then be reassured with the love of a parent. That's an amazing thing. And it propelled you Mm -hmm. to an amazing sophomore season. (laughs) Well, well, so let me ask you this question because this comes to mind and this is kind of a question where I'd like to have you think about it from the context of giving back. I mean, if you could go back in time to age 14, what would you tell yourself to prepare you for the journey ahead? Oh, man. I've actually thought about this before. Um, I would tell myself that softball is not life or death. Because Hmm. at times, I felt that way. I felt like if I wasn't, if I didn't get a hit that day, I was somehow less of a person when that's not the case. And so I would tell myself, being a retired athlete who misses the game every day, I would tell myself to never take anything for granted whether it be going out to the batting cages with my dad and hitting for an hour or playing with my teammates or going to practice with my travel ball team I would just tell myself do not take any day for granted because you will miss it Hmm. you are going to think you you want to be done and you're sick of practicing and your body hurts but when that time comes when you don't play anymore and you don't have a team and you don't put on your uniform anymore you will miss every single moment of it wow that's powerful. That's powerful. So just to enjoy the moment, I guess, what would you tell young girls today that are playing the game that let's just say you're sitting in a room with girls who are, you know, tired, they're burned out, they're full mm-hmm. of self-doubt, um, their bodies are aching, um, but they're talented like you were. What would you say to them to encourage them to keep fighting and why would it be important for them to keep fighting? I would tell them that it's all about mindset. Um, How you feel that day should not dictate how you play. And that's something that I mastered in college because there were days where I would go out and it'd be game day and my knee was killing me and I had to catch in 100 degree weather. Hmm. But I did not let it beat me. Somehow I had something in my mind that I could switch on to get me through. And even if they only have 75% that day, give 100% of that 75% Hmm. every single day. Whatever you have that day, give 100% of what you have. Um, And I would tell them that it is so worth it in the end. When I look back and I think about all the places that softball has taken me, all the friendships I've made, some of my very best friends I've met through softball, um, nothing compares to that. People who don't play sports, they don't get that. They don't get the lifelong friendships. They don't get all the memories, all the road trips, all the crazy places you've played in the middle of nowhere. They don't have that, but you have those memories forever. So I would tell them to just, like I said before, just enjoy the moment. Hmm. Take it for what it is. Play the game like a game because it is a game. It's not life or death. If you don't hit it, get a hit, you're still alive and breathing. <laughs> Mom and dad may be pissed at you. So what? <laughs> no. That's their job, right? right. That's their job. They're, they're going to be hard on you. But I'm not kidding, without my parents, you know, getting on me and just expecting greatness out of me, I would not be the player yeah. or person I am hmm. today. That's a so powerful when you're, word. When your parents are yelling at you and it's annoying, they're doing it because they love you and they want you to do your best. And I didn't get that till I was in college. Wow. So No, that's a great yeah. word. That's an awesome response. 
Um, you used the word your parents expected greatness from you. Did you ever feel that that was a burden you had to carry or was there a moment where you believed there was greatness inside of you and you recognized them as an agent to help pull it out of you? Yes. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I've, my dad and I, we've gotten screaming matches at the batting cages. We weren't this perfect, you know, father, daughter, you know, let's go to the cages and we get along all the time. No. There were times that we would leave and we'd be pissed at each other and we wouldn't talk. But I knew that that was my guy. And I knew all he wanted was for me to be the best that I can be. And at times I felt like, dang, my parents are so hard on me. Like, hmm. am I ever going to reach the potential that they think I can be? Am I ever going to be the player that they think I should be? And I struggle with that at times because sometimes I wasn't, you know, playing my best or being the best player that they thought I should be and hitting as, as well as they thought I should be. But I think when I started having a little bit of success, like after I came back from my ACL, I, you know, I kind of got that swagger about me. <laughs> I be, like my, when my parents told me stuff, I, be, I believed it at that point. <laughs> and when they told me like, you know, Amber, you're going to be great. I see you, you're going to be an all American. Like my parents, they talked to me that way. Hmm. That positive talk, that motivational talk, I got that every single day. Every day. I got it. And I'm just so blessed to have parents that truly cared that much. But the turning point for me is when I actually believed what they were telling me. Yeah. You know, that's a turning point for all of us. I mean, there's so many of us who have talent and ability and unlimited potential um, or possibility. And it just takes a moment that occurs where we begin to believe it. And then our belief is what propels us into uh, that possibility that exists for us, but it can't be done without the right people supporting us and encouraging us and reminding us of the possibility. Um, And this goes actually to the next question, you know, how would you approach raising your own child athlete in today's competitive sports environment? That's tough. Um, <laughs> times are different, you know, times are different now. But honestly, I I think I'm going to be just like my parents hmm. because what they did worked. It worked for me. It's working for my sister. And so there's a message to their madness. There really is. And before I used to think that they're just crazy softball parents and crazy basketball parents, but they truly have a method to what they do and it works. So I think, you know, I'm going to be that parent that's, you know, I'm hard on my kid. I expect a lot of my kid, but, you know, I think that's how you get great players. If you think back to, like, even the other players like Kobe, they always have a crazy parent. And that's funny, <laughs> but it's true. Right. There's always a crazy parent behind a great player. Right. And and it's, it's the truest thing. My dad would always say stuff like that. He's like, you know, so-and-so, they had a crazy dad and look at them and, you know, their parents are hard on them and look at them now. And I think you have to be that way to a certain extent. I'm not saying be negative to your kid and if they don't hit that well one day, be so hard on them and break them down. No, I'm not saying use that kind of language, but just be just expecting that greatness out of your kid. It really does make a difference. Hmm. When they think that you, if you think, if they know that you think that they're great, they're going to eventually start believing the same thing. So I think just being a hard, hard on your kids to a certain extent is is a very good thing. It goes a long way. Well, 
And you said something just now, and I don't know if you recognize it, that, you know, the approach that your parents took or that other fanatical parents have taken um, for their great athlete has made them a great athlete. I want to take it a step further and have you think about the woman you are today. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you've you've had all of this success manifest on the softball field, um, but the same ability, the same will, the same determination, the same focus, the same drive, the same energy, the same passion you now have as part of who you are as an adult. And you now have the yeah. ability to point that in any direction that you choose, follow mm-hmm. the same recipe. And success is not if it's just a matter of when. And so it doesn't right. just make you an incredible player. It makes you an incredible person in the game of life. Mm-hmm. Would you agree? Absolutely. I still find myself. I'm so competitive still. <laughs> you know, I, I'm a teacher now, but I'm like, I want to be the best teacher. I you know, I got my master's degree. I'm like, hey, let's take it a step further. Let's get a PhD. Why not? I can do it. Why not? And that's how I picture, like, that's how I think about my life. Why not? Why can I not do this stuff? I can. Wow. So I think that the person I am as an athlete has really translated to me as an adult, as a normal person. Because I'm still competitive. I still work super hard, even though it's not for softball. I still work hard at my job. I still am never satisfied. I still want to be the best version of myself. Well, I'll tell you what, we don't want you never, we don't want you being satisfied um, because if you can have the same amount of success that you've had as a softball player and you can have that success as being a teacher of students and preparing and equipping our youth for life, um, it's Mm going to be amazing to see what accolades, what impact, what influence you have, not just on the lives of kids that you're teaching, but on society as a whole as you prepare and equip them to go out and be successful. Um, It's just an amazing journey as I listen to you, Amber. Um, And I just want to encourage you to continue to be who you are, um, to always remember the challenges that you faced and know that you're capable. Um, It's just an amazing story. I've got one last question for you, um, Mm -hmm. and we'll wrap it up here. Um, If you could give anything back to the game to support the future of softball and female softball players of the future, what would it be? And why? I think the most powerful thing is giving back your knowledge. Because, you know, it's hard to listen to somebody who's never been through it, who just thinks they know, rather than actually talking to somebody who's been through it, who's been hurt, who's had five surgeries on their leg, who just knows what it takes. So part of me would love to go around and just talk to the youth, young softball players, any youth athletes, and just kind of share my story. That's like been kind of on my my goals and to-dos. I would love to go around and just share my story because I think, I mean, I lived it, but I think it is very powerful for people to know that you can be hit with all kinds of crap as you're going through, but it's all about you. And if you want something, you can get it. Well, the good news is you are sharing that story today with us on the journey of competitive athletes. We're so grateful for you taking the time and just the journey that you've had. It's an amazing journey. I'd love to have you back again at some time just to be able to continue the discussion, um, maybe around a different type of topic. Um, you're you're so inspirational. And I oh, want to, you. well, you are. And you said earlier that at a young age, you were inspired by some of the greats. 
and Mm -hmm. you are recognized as one of the greats in Arizona state history. And so um, you have joined the legacy of great softball players. You have the ability to influence, to impact and shape the future of young girls playing in the sport and beyond. I encourage you to use your voice and any opportunity that I can get to give you an opportunity to share your story. I most certainly will. It's been an amazing pleasure. Ladies and gentlemen, let's give it up one more time for Amber Freeman. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. I enjoyed it. Oh my gosh. You are so awesome. We appreciate you. Um, Any final words before we sign off? Just thanks for having me and good luck. And I hope my words can inspire and help some of you along this journey because I know it's not an easy one. So I hope that, you know, hearing from a real person that these things happen and these are some ways that I got through it. I really hope it could help someone out there going through the same thing. Oh, I'm, I'm sure it will. I'm sure it will. Um, it's just been a joy. Thank you so much, Amber. We appreciate you. You're listening to The Journey of Competitive Athletes with Coach KG. Hey, welcome back. Man, what a great interview. I want to really thank Amber for coming on and blessing us with such an amazing story. Um, A story of courage, determination, and perseverance at its best. You know, I think the biggest takeaway for me in her story is the will to be great. And it's such a powerful statement um, that it's, there's greatness in all of us. And greatness is a purpose worth fighting for. We all have a level of greatness within us. And I want you to imagine if Amber had stopped along her way and gave in. The greatness that was inside of her may have never been discovered. And I'm truly thankful for Amber's story and how it may inspire others who would listen to this podcast. But I'm more excited for your story. You know, we all face adversity to where we want to quit, to where we just want to curl up in a ball somewhere in a corner and just phone it in. And I hope that the words today will encourage you should you find yourself at that point, whether it's on the field, whether it's off the field, moms and dads listening, coaches, we're all going to run into that buzzsaw. And I want you to remember it's your journey, not someone else's. We all know how our journey started, but we don't know exactly how it will end. I mean, I'm sure Amber never dreamed, well, I guess she did dream of being an All-American, but at age 11 and then going through the ACL injury at age 14, and she probably never thought that she'd get as far as she did and accomplish the things that she accomplished. I mean, a two-time All-American, academic All-American, Pac-12 Player of the Year, a gold medal playing professional softball. She probably wanted those things, but never truly believed, and you know, She had to continue to see if those things were really possible. And I pray that you continue regardless of the adversity that you may face so that your greatness can be discovered and maybe your story will be an inspiration to others. I want to thank you again for joining us on today's podcast. It's just truly a blessing to have you here. And I ask that God would bless you as you continue your journey through competitive sports. And remember... Remember how special you are and how important it is for you to fight through adversity to discover your greatness. Thank you for listening to the Journey of Competitive Athletes with Coach KG. Be sure to tune in for next week's show.